WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. Dennis, this is a first, right? So when we talk about our audience and where we focus in, we always try to think in terms of the importance of working from home and work and work. And that's really kind of been our main focus. But the truth of it is, is that there's so much more to what our life is, right? And, you know, whether it come from interaction with people on meetings and family members, but I can't think of how uh, our lives have been changed uh, since the pandemics occurred. And we've brought other creatures into our lives that we weren't thinking about maybe beforehand, right? Right. I mean, you look back at the stats, I think huge number of people that bought pets over the last two years and have all these puppies or kittens that have now grown into large dogs and large cats and all these things. And they become part of your life because you've been home 24 seven working from home. And that dog, mine sits at my feet and is usually right here at the bottom of the, below me at the desk and is right beside me wherever I go. And now all of a sudden, a bunch of us may be having to go back to the office a little bit more. And so today we've got Benny Copeland with us that is a dog trainer. And we said, let's, let's hear about what's going through people's minds. What's, what's happening with that dog. And then also as a business owner, how do you treat people as when they start worrying about their pets? Because it's going to happen. So Benny, welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you guys. Thank you, uh, Benny and Dennis. It's uh, great to be here. Absolutely. So, so Benny, tell us from your personal experience, you being in this world and this is a, your profession, what happened? What, why did so many people start adopting pets? You know, I guess we'll talk about dogs, but why is it that that changed 2019? I'm guessing things maybe, you know, it's obvious in some retrospects, but why, why do we, why, why dogs, why pets? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a great question, uh, you know, and uh, just to tell you, my business is very cyclical, whatever that word is, cyclical. And uh, typically my busiest time is in March and March is spring break. And that's when people, kids are getting out of school for time. And so they start to think about, hey, let's get a dog because we're going to be home. It's going to be spring, things like that. Well, if you think about it in that term, when COVID hit, and which is all a big part of our life now, everybody was home. So if you're home and you've been thinking about getting a dog, why not? This is the time. If I'm going to have to work at home, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to have the time to put in with this dog. And I feel like that, you know, especially like Dennis, I mean, obviously you're a client of mine and uh, have you called me because there were issues, there were problems. And that's what I do. I mean, nobody calls me because their dog's amazing and wonderful and they need, uh, you know, they want their dog to even be a better part of their life. They call me because there's a little bit of a problem, you know, whether it be, um, you know, jumping up or barking, barking while you're, you know, trying to record a podcast or on a Zoom call, things like that. <laughs> but even those things now, like you brought up, Dennis, where people are starting to get out more and leave the home more. And now there's some anxieties that are involved in that, uh, especially separation anxiety, things like that. And that's what I do. That's my background. I'm a behaviorist. I go in and I show people how to communicate with their dog, how to make their dog feel more comfortable in these situations, how to communicate what their expectations are so that they can teach the dog to be a good part of the family and to, you know, lay at your feet rather than barking at you while you're uh, trying to record the podcast. Right. I, I can tell you, you know, Dennis and I are both dog owners. I've had mine for eight years and 
he's grown up being around us and knowing that somebody was typically home all the time. And and I think about when he was a puppy and we did have to train him and get him used to the fact that, Hey, you know, uh, we can't always be there to play with you. Uh, and, and there's work time and, and you have to kind of have some of the independence with people. He brought this, you know, they, they're bringing these animals into their houses and these, these animals are really used to seeing them 24 seven to Dennis's point. Some of us had to, had to go back to work to a hybrid, maybe coming, going in a couple of days a week, or in the worst case scenario, you having to go and where you were there 24 hours a day. Now you're only going to be there for part of the day. And right. what does that do to a dog? I mean, we don't really think about those type of things, especially our hearts in the right places. We want to adopt these warm, lovable creatures, but what do we do? What do we think about when it comes to that? Well, I think it, it's not um, what to think about in the moment so much as, you know, what have you kind of created at that time? Uh, you know, a dog that becomes very dependent. I mean, we have domesticated these dogs. And and I will tell you, I even hear the same thing with cats. Now, I don't deal with cats. I don't know anything about cat behavior. But I hear the same thing. I have a very good friend. She works from home. She has a cat. And when she leaves for very short periods of time, this cat becomes very needy, you know, when she comes back. And so with the dogs, same thing. Um, and people are having these expectations that, um, you know, this dog should be okay when I leave him for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but the truth is the dog doesn't understand that. And so teaching the dog to be okay being on their own for a little bit or being on their, um, you know, being at home or, you know, maybe even doing something like using a crate to make the dog feel more comfortable in those situations. Uh, again, that's what I would be doing with the owner to show them what works best for them and to, you know, show the dog that it doesn't need to be so anxious. It doesn't, it can trust that, you know, that person's going to be back. The problem is, you know, you're there 24 seven and just like anything, I would think even kids would be the same, you know, mm -hmm. you're there all the time. And then all of a sudden you're not, it, there's a little anxiety that, that is brought up with that and behaviors that start to come out because of that. So it's really good that, um, you know, people understand how they can handle that, that it is workable. I think that that's the biggest thing. I think we get so frustrated that we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, so, so, so to say, you know, and that that's the frustrating part is, you know, how can I handle this? Because we don't know how to communicate with a dog. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I had started my own podcast to kind of create that for people to look at and see, um, all these different behaviors and how they might be able to deal with those as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, also it's, you know, from the, the person side is, Hey, I, I've become dependent on that dog just as much as the dog has me. And all of a sudden I'm having to get in the car and go. And so there's that anxiety on the, the owner's side as mm -hmm. well. And, you know, thinking through how do you navigate through that when you've found out now that you're going to be having to go back to an office or, and like Benny said, you know, maybe it's a hybrid. I'm only there two days a week, but still, how do I help make that transition for the dog? But also for me, cause I got used to, to playing with Fido and, mm -hmm. and going for walks and, you know, my eight to five work week was eight to five, but I also threw in there, uh, two or three times that we went out and went to the restroom for the dog or took a little walk and that kind of stuff that all of a sudden you, you may not have now that you're going back to corporate America. Do you think maybe that that's why a lot of these companies are allowing dogs to, you know, come into the workplace? And because I'm seeing that a lot, 
a lot more restaurants allowing dogs, a lot more um, companies and businesses allowing dogs to come in uh, to their facilities. And um, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot. And I think that that's a big reason, just like you said, because as an owner, I think that that's the biggest thing that I do is I tell people, you know, settle down. It's okay. Your dog's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know that you're, you've not been around, but, uh, um, it is something that, that I do have to deal with as well. Not just yeah. the dog, but the owner, uh, thinking, oh, well, you know, I just feel bad, so bad for my dog. So, I got to show them, you know, what they can do so that they're, they know that their dog feels comfortable in those situations. Well, I, I think you, you hit on the head, you know, as companies are trying to figure out how to be more competitive to get the employees and all that, that's one thing they're going to be looking at is how do I make that experience different than what it was like in 2019, where it was an eight to five job. And now all of a sudden it's an extension in some cases of home or, a lot of people have learned, Hey, I like, I like working from home, but I also like to go in every once in a while. And mm -hmm. it's that whole transitioning period. I think as a company, if you do have the dogs come in, you got to think about, okay, what's the protocol? I had one client, someone brought a pit bull in and the, the pit bull went wild and attacked two or three other dogs and an employee. So you've got to have a plan. And so you got to think through, you know, how are you going to do that and, and, and navigate that if you're going to allow dogs or animals to come into the office and then, you know, God forbid, what do you do if you've got someone that's allergic to dogs or pet deodorant or odors and that kind of stuff. So there's all kinds of things as the business owner, you got to think about um, pros and cons. And, you know, the, the best part is those, those animals are so, I mean, they just make life so much better. I mean, it just reduces the stress. It's just amazing. You know, it's, it's true though. When you talk about like, um, of course, responsibility, you, you definitely have to take a responsibility, take on a responsibility. But I mean, if you think about it, um, in all of these situations where even the, uh, the dog that is the, uh, what do they call that dog that, that always has to be with a person or, uh, I can't, the name is it's escaping me, you know, uh, that they're, they have to travel with the dog and they have to do everything with a dog. And, you know, the problem becomes is that is the person being responsible in the moment is, are they taking care of what they need to take care of in that, that time? Uh, and it's so new, it's such a new thing, um, yeah. for people to, um, you know, uh, emotional support dog. That was the word, there but it's, it's so new for everybody. Nobody even knows, like we just don't even know, uh, how to handle these situations because you're bringing mm -hmm. in a whole nother life and a whole nother, um, aspect of a, a, a person's, you know, personal space and things like that, that yeah. was not involved two or three years ago. And if you're a business owner with, you know, four or five employees, I mean, this is something you got to think about as well, because I mean, you know, John or Susie are going to be sitting there at the office and they're going to be thinking about their dog as well. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to kind of have a little bit of support because it, it's challenging to come back out of working from home and all of a sudden appearing in an office, especially if you're making them making that radical shift back to Monday through Friday, eight to five. Um, the ones that are hybrid, that's going to be a lot easier, I think. Yeah. I've done consultations with people or with companies that are thinking about doing that. And, you know, really, I mean, it comes down to the responsibility of the person. Is, is the dog really viable to be able to bring into those situations? Yeah. And, you know, more and more people just think that their dog's a good dog and they can just show up anywhere. I mean, I did a whole podcast <laughs> on dog etiquette. And I had some friends, we were all at the farmer's market here in Nashville. 
and they are now allowing you to bring your dog inside the farmer's market. Hmm. Um, and there were about four or five people that showed up to have dog playtime in the middle of the farmer's market. And it was chaos. So security kicked out everybody. I mean, it was chaos. These dogs went nuts. And of course it's attracting all this attention. And then security came and said, everybody that has a dog has to leave. Well, my friends, their dog goes everywhere with them, was sitting right under the uh, bench with us, not bothering anybody, very quiet. The guy noticed the dog there and told him he had to leave. And of course, they got very upset. And I was like, dude, you got to go. I mean, this is, I I know it wasn't your fault, but Mm. you got to go. And this is kind of that etiquette that we haven't approached before. We haven't even thought about um, because it's just not something it's just in the past three to five years that we've been starting to allow this to happen. You know, I I think you made a good point too, Dennis, that, you know, when we're, and I know in today's hiring world, it's very competitive. And if you find the great candidate and if they were to ask you, the business owner, Hey, what's your policy about bringing your dogs to work? It's pretty, you know, if this was 2018, you may say, oh, you know, we don't do that. Or, you know, it's just not, you know, we're not set up for that type of thing. It's something that if you've got a candidate who really values their dog, some of these dogs are more important than humans to them, right? And so if you're not willing to at least concede the fact that, hey, you may need to consider this, this is an important topic, maybe not to you, but to somebody it is. So oh, you bet. Yeah. And especially in today's world, the fact that there's, what I hear there's for every five jobs, there's only three candidates to fill it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the chances are they're going to keep looking at to find that company that either allows them to continue to work from home or gives them that a feature that they can bring their animal or do whatever they've got to do. Because to your point that that dog or cat are as important to them as sometimes parents even. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I look, you know, one of my employees is in Chattanooga and, and she has an apartment right next door is a, the place is called, play wash pint i mean it's it's really for the dogs it's like a play outdoor play area but it's also a bar and a social atmosphere for people (laughs) together um you know and it's like there's going to be more and more of those types of things i mean there's dog parks but it's like okay how do you take this dog park to the next level and how do you create this environment here in nashville yeah Yeah. that you've got it where you know people could actually you know i guarantee the the stuff that's being built downtown for amazon and oracle are going to have some probably sophisticated dog park features tied into um, the fact that those people are going to live, work and play kind of all right there in that area. And they're all going to have pets. So it's going to be kind of cool to see how that transitions. All right, Benny, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here and (laughs) I'm going to ask you a little, you know, my dog is a wonderful dog. He's, he's pretty well-trained. You know, he was trained by us and miraculously the dog listens 90% of the time. But the one thing I can't do is I and I can't control him. If a UPS or an Amazon truck happens to come by, he just goes bonkers. And sometimes it's at the most inopportune time. Luckily, it's not been right now. But I, you know, presenting on a Zoom call or just having to take a phone call and my dog just happens to want to make his voice note. Do you have any tips for me or anybody who's listening about what are some things that I could do to help? calm him down or maybe not to go as crazy or <laughs> well the biggest thing in in that case is you have to desensitize him to to those noises to that sound so that he has to get used to it and understand that you know how he's supposed to behave but my big question is what do you do in those moments so he starts going nuts and what happens how do you get him to stop 
Yeah. In, in my case, it's a little hush, <laughs> you right. know, and, and, uh, you know, really just tried to be stern. And, and when I'm there, he will, in fact, he'll listen, but he seems to kind of forget it. And, you know, maybe it's just in that moment, but you know, the, the Amazon truck leaves and then you know, that, that moment is gone. So, uh, at the moment he's okay, but if, half hour later, the FedEx guy comes by, he's back at it. So, so what I mean, but th- there's gotta be a way that you get him to stop barking mm-hmm. when he's going so crazy that it's, it's affecting your call or your, your, your recording. How do you get him to stop? <laughs> I don't know that I'm doing a good job. <laughs> he hits me. Well, typically what a lot of people do is they'll pick up their dog and mm. touch is a huge reward for a dog. So okay. to pick up the dog in that moment, even saying the hush while the dog's still doing those things is just attention in that moment. So at the moment where your dog has a reaction, any attention that you give in that moment starts is teaching your dog how to behave. It could be negative. It could be positive, but anything that you don't do to make him stop. So to pick him up is actually a huge no, no, because you're now touching him. You're showing him that, hey, this is what I want you to do, basically. Now, here's the biggest problem with what you're talking about. So your dog's in your house. The truck pulls up. The guy walks to the door. He's bark, bark, barking. And then the guy walks away, gets back in his trucks and leaves. So in your dog's brain, what did he do? He, he, he was successful. He scared him away. him off, right? So it's <laughs> self-reinforced behavior, right? right. So there's nothing mm-hmm. you can really do about that because it now has been totally self-reinforced. Mm-hmm. He's done what he thinks he's supposed to do by protecting your home, protecting your yep. house. And then if you go hush him or try to pick him up or make him quit, um, then what you're doing is ended up reinforcing that, hey, uh, you did a great job, right? On top right. of that. Um, I had a really good friend and every time she'd get on the phone on a conference call, whatever, her dog would just go nuts and she would pat her leg and the dog would jump up in her lap and, you know, just, she'd get all this loving. So what do you think every time she got on the phone would happen? You know, the dog would go nuts because she'd get to get up in her lap right during that time. So that's, that's the thing where, um, understanding how you're reinforcing the behavior without even realizing it. Um, learning how to desensitize your dog in that moment to those mm-hmm. things. Um, even my dogs do that, but it's really great because literally they could go run to the window right now. I'd say, hush, they'd come running back to me and I'd give them lots of love, right? Yeah. You did it. You pre- protected me kind of thing. Yes. And it's really kind of a game for us because even if I don't say hush after two or three barks, they run back and look at me, you know, mm. like, oh yeah, you did it. You did a good job, you know? So ah. I do as a joke kind of reinforce those. Like even today though, you know, I didn't, I closed the office office door because I don't want them to hear something and run out there. So as long as they're in here with me, they're going to be fine. Yeah. And I think, you know, luckily with COVID it's trained people that you're going to be on phone calls. There's going to be disruptions from pets or family members or um, kids coming in. We've learned to kind of accept it. And I think, you know, for me, as I work with clients, if they don't like that, I'm probably not a good fit to work with them. It's, it's just part, it's just part of life. And then, and I mean, today I was on the phone with someone and her dog was barking and she was going, I'm like, don't worry about it. I said, here, I'll pinch mine and I'll, I'll get them. And we'll have them both talking. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you kind of learn, you know, the etiquette, the key pieces, they're, they're, they're great to have in the house and, you know, you love them to death and, um, animals are so, so important. So I think it's, yeah. Um, it's an important thing to be thinking about for your pet and also be thinking about for you yourself of 
you know, how do you handle all these things? And they are, a lot of them are starting to grow up. They're starting to turn two or, you know, definitely coming up on two for those that got them early on in the COVID cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the nice thing is they're, they're turning into somewhat, being correct me if I'm wrong, they're almost becoming adult dogs now. They've kind of got grown the teenage years. That'll make life mm-hmm. a little easier for people also. Yeah. It, 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 let me, since you're actually, that's actually an interesting thing. And and if we're having to go to work and, and if they're in an unfortunate position where pets aren't allowed at the office, what, what do you think of those, those cameras? Have you seen these cameras, uh, Benny, where they like pop out like a little tree? Yeah. If you do, what do you think of those things? Uh, you know, um, I mean, I, I've seen them where they work and they're fine. And the dog, mm. you know, it, de- it depends really on the dog's temperament and the dog's personality i've seen them where they totally freak the dog out you know all of a sudden there's a their mom's voice or you know there's this treat flying at them and uh they don't know what's going on you know and uh so it it really it's one of those things it's just like anything else you you really do need to show your dog you know what's going on before you just you know plop this thing in your living room and then start shooting treats at your dog (laughs) Also on another, I mean, also it's a great chance also for you guys get to know your neighbors. So you're going to be going back to work. You know, if if you're used to having your dog go out at lunchtime for a break, get to know your neighbors, talk to your neighbors. Some of them will still be at home and be happy to help out. And I mean, I know in our neighborhood, there's one lady, she's the dog walker. And I mean, that's, you see her out walking 50 dogs a day. It seems like, I think she told me the day she gets close to 30,000 steps a day. In just walking neighbors' dogs. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, you can crate train your dogs. Um, It's definitely a a benefit. You can um, do things to make your dog feel more comfortable at home. Uh, Take, you know, have someone come in uh, throughout the day to walk or just play with the dogs for a little bit. Um, Those are definitely like my dog. He's so old. um, You know, going on a walk wouldn't help. But if I had someone come in and spend 15 minutes just hanging out with him and loving on him throughout the day, you know, that might be fine. And uh, there are all different types of things that you can do to really help that process and to help your dog feel more comfortable if they're going to be home a little bit more um, if you do have to go to the office. Benny Copeland, this has been a fun podcast for us to do. You know, it's funny. I, I, when, when Dennis told me that you're going to be able to come on to the podcast, I was really thrilled. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I've, I've certainly learned a lot today and and that's helpful. If someone wants to get a hold of you, Benny, what's the best way for them to be able to, to get in contact with you? Well, um, the best way would be my email. Uh, it's family dog fusion at gmail.com. That is also the title of my book. I have written a book um, and it's self-published. It's on Amazon. It's called Family Dog Fusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I do a podcast. It's called Discover Your Dog. It has other ways that you can contact me. Uh, I typically don't give out my phone number because it's a local number and it's for, you know, around here. Um, but it's definitely, uh, I'm, I'm available. I'm easy to find uh, through my name. Uh, and my name's... B-E-N-N-I-E, not Y like yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, but um, yeah, again, Family Dog Fusion is the book. FamilyDogFusion at gmail.com is my email and Discover Your Dog is my podcast. All right. Be sure to reach out to Benny and I think you will learn a lot as, as I have. Thanks again, Benny, for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.